Amen, amen. And good morning, everyone. <clears throat> if you're here for the very first time, um, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this church, and I welcome all of you. If you open up your programs, you will notice that on the right-hand side, there are some fill-in-the-blanks. The answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my message here today. Before I continue on, I want to say thank you to Pastor Gill, who uh, two weeks ago was able to finalize our sermon series that was titled, Bless This Home, and it was Father's Day weekend. And then uh, last week, Pastor Todd began this new sermon series that is titled, When Life Is, you know, dot, 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 God is Good. And every week that we uh, come together, we're going to uh, plug in there a different topic. Now, last week, um, Pastor Todd was talking about when life is unfair, God is good. One of the takeaways that he mentioned was when things go wrong in our master plans, trust the master planner. If you missed it, I do encourage you to go into our website at New Hanover UMC, and there are sermon uh, podcasts that you can hear and also be brought up to speed of what's happening with this series. We are in our second week, and today's uh, theme is that when life is scary, God is good. When life is scary, God is good. Now, before we, got, we go right into today's message, if you are able to, I'm going to ask you to please stand for the reading of God's Word as found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning on verse 24. This is the Apostle Paul uh, sharing some words to the church of Corinth when uh, what he was dealing with. And of course, we're also going to hear how there's some scary situations that he had to face. I'm reading from the NLT version. So if you have your own Bibles, you know, the words may be a little different, but you can follow along up on the screen as well. The Bible says this, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day drift, adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have, forgotten, uh, have often gone without food. I have uh, uh, shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. This is the reading of God's Word. Give me pause for a word of prayer. God, we come to this moment in our service that we want to hear your word. Today, the theme is, you know, when life is scary, that you are still good. So bless us, Lord. Bless our hearing. Bless our hearts and bless our minds as we receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I can honestly say that I don't have to prove unto you that uh, life is scary. Now, by the raise of hands, how many of you in your lifetime have dealt with scary situations? All right, amen. I, for me, I would probably just put both hands up, both feet up. I mean, scary situations, right? But how have we dealt with them? You know, think about, for example, there's a, a ride in uh, Dorney Park uh, near Allentown area uh, of about many rides, you know, roller coasters, and I love all that. And usually I try to sit in the front. I will wait sometimes an hour just to experience that ride all the way in the front. Because even if I'm in the second seat, I already know where it's going to be turning, you know, because why? The people in front of me, you know, either their, their hands are this way or their heads that way. 
But there's actually one ride that I remember several years ago that it was, I don't know if it's even still there. It was called the Dominator. And when you, there's two lines. One line is like, it looks like towers that like connect the top. But the one tower is when you're making a line and you sit down and you, the, the, the tension builds up and you got the controller there. He's looking at you and he's saying, blast off in five, four, three. And so you're waiting for it. Two, one. You, go, you, you shoot straight up. And all that pressure, you know, screaming if you can and things like but then you, you, you come down, I've done this, I come down and I go to the other line, right? And the other line is not shooting straight up, you actually, you harness yourself and you go slowly all the way to the top. And you see this beautiful park and its surroundings, but it is so quiet up there, so quiet and you're wondering, okay, you're tensing up because now you don't hear that controller saying the countdown. So you're tensing up, I mean, your fingers and everything is going to break through the harness, right? And you're just waiting, waiting, and, I, and you don't know if the controller is playing games with you. And all of a sudden, when you least expect it, oof, you're going down. And when you sometimes you think you're going to scream, but nothing comes out, ah. That's all that comes out. Your mind is saying, I'm going to scream all the way down, but you can't. Nothing comes out. <laughs> Could be scary. Situations that you may think you know, about, it's like, think about for a moment what you were scared about when you were going through it. Maybe you were going to a new department, you were getting, you were getting promoted, or working in a different location that you've never been on before. Maybe you heard that, you know, you're, you're, you're now uh, uh, going to have a child. A little, some, some, especially the first one, is a little scary. You've never been a mother or a father, and you don't know how it's going to be. Many of you know my story coming here in 2019, uh, 2017 of July. I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, I'm going to this, this church that the, the, the pastor's been there for 30 years. And not only that, he's the founding pastor. How am I going to do? You know, will the people accept me? Will they uh, follow me? Will they, will they really receive of the instructions? I mean, all those things, the scary situations until I let everything, you know, in, in God's hands. Scary moments in life. How do we deal with them? You know, in, a, in a, this past uh, 10 days, or no, not, not past, but for the last two weeks, I was five days in Colombia and five days in Guatemala. And just and my wife and I went together. Uh, we were able to see the wonderful things that uh, in Medellin, Colombia, that it's happening by the 911 Life Ministry. That's where Jonathan Vining and Amanda Vining are uh, ministering with Pastor Tom and Jen Atwaters. I just want to let you know, as part of the, the church that we sponsor that ministry, just to let you know, they are doing wonderful, wonderful work for the Lord. Being out in the community, uh, making impact in people's lives, and you as a church should be proud that we do sponsor that. Then we went over to, five days after, we went over to uh, Guatemala where Julio and uh, Jody Rodriguez are serving in different areas in San Lucas, Guatemala, and, and they were able to show us different spots of where God is moving. They got the school. If you remember last week, I, I shared with you, I was speaking to about 300 students, and I took a little video. Now, now, Pastor Gill said I shouldn't never apply for being a cameraman. That's what he said. But my goal was to be able to at least let you know that they appreciate it. They want to say God bless you in both in Sp uh, English and in Spanish. And they're so thankful for the support. 
had a great time. Well, I got to let you know there were times that were scary. Not only, you know, I don't know if some of you like to fly. I love aviation. I love to fly. I've been different types of aircrafts, helicopters, you know, planes. But going into from Colombia, uh, we had to go from Colombia back to Panama, Panama, go back to Guatemala. In the midst of, try, uh, of arriving, smooth flight for the most part. It was all good. And then as the, as the plane was aligning itself to go into the, uh, the runway, you know, you see all the mountains areas. And, and I see the turn, you know, the, the, one of those turns that you can see the ground on one side and just sky on the other. And all of a sudden, whew, it's like it hits this air pocket in the midst of turning. And you hear the engines revving. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here we come. <laughs> Scary stuff. The pilot took care of it, and uh, we landed safely. But here's one of the things, you know, there, there are different levels of scarometers in, in our lives, Right? Scarometers. <laughs> You're good. But here, here's one that I was not. And, and sometimes we're scared about things that, that, we, that we face and we actually know about. You know, again, getting into a new job or, or this or that. But what about the unexpected? That's what scared me the most. At least the other ones that I'm going for, at least I have an idea. But the unexpected, I want to share with you that we had a great time over in Medellin, you know, again, seeing the ministries, but then by the second day in Guatemala, my wife wasn't feeling well. So I said, all right, you know, so here we are on Thursday. She goes with me. She, um, goes, we go to different locations to go uh, see. We saw families and, loca- you know, again, where they were serving. By Friday, she was like, honey, I, if, if we go to locations, you're going to have to go without me. I'm not feeling too well. I said, all right, no problem. You know, so I told Pastor Julio and Jody, you know, she's going to stay back and we're going to go. And while we're out there, uh, Pastor Julio gets a phone call saying that someone from the kitchen had called them saying that the, the person the, in room seven, which is our, my, my room and, and Ani's room, uh, she's not doing too well. So I think, okay, you know, she had told me that she wasn't feeling well this morning. Let me go, let's go back. And we go back, ladies and gentlemen, it was one of those moments that, it's so dire need and, and scary that she needed to go into the emergency room. That's how bad it was. And then when they, they, they put her in the bed, and, and they, uh, this is a third world country now, okay, so anxieties are already taking place in the midst of, you know, they're going to take care of her and, and the proper medicines and everything else. All that stuff is going through the minds because you never want to be able to, you know, and first of all, get sick in the first place, but third world country, don't know what to expect. They sit her down, they put the, um, the heart monitor and, and the, the blood pressure cuff you know, they have. Pressure was 172 over 118. She's never been diagnosed with high blood pressure or hypertension, whatever the medical terms are. I, I, I lose track of them. So they said, okay, you definitely have high blood pressure. We, here, here's take, take this uh, medicine orally, and, and it should start going down. It didn't. Okay, no problem. You know, we're, we're, the doctor comes back, so they put a, 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 one of those IV in so to put medicine or, uh, and through, the, through the veins, so that way it was definitely it's going to be a lot quicker. Not orally, now it's through the veins. It should do it. Nothing. 
And then they said, all right, so to calm you down, uh, it's a type of, of morphine that we can give you. So they stick her with the, with the morphine, and, and as, as they head out, and she was like, honey, I, I'm not feeling too good. And so when she lifts up, you know, some of her shirt, she had a reaction to the morphine. And I, it took all energy in me to be able to stay calm. To stay calm and, and not to say, hey, calm down, honey. I, I would never say that to a, a hurting woman, right? <laughs> I tried that when she was giving birth and it didn't go really well for me. <laughs> But here she is. Honey, I'm not feeling so well. She lifts up again. And, and then so the doctor comes in. And she says, Doc, and of, or everything's in Spanish, obviously. Doc, is this supposed to happen? And I wish not only were they getting uh, trained in medicine, but they should get trained on how to do facial reactions. <laughs> the doctor looked at her. Her eyes opened up. I'm like, oh, Lord, you don't want to do this in front of my wife. I mean, she's already scared, right? I'm, I don't even know what's happening. And then she says, have you ever had morphine before? But just like that, like very excited. Have you had No. It says you have an allergic reaction. And then she jets out. Hello, just tell her something. Tell us, I'll be right back. I'm going to get the medicine that's going to counterreact to the, the, the reaction you had to the morphine. Nothing just leaves. And my wife just looks at me like all panicked, like, what is going on? I mean, first of all, the three medicines is happening. Nothing's going on. So the, they come back, and they put medicine into the veins area, and then it, it does. It takes away the reaction she had to the morphine. Now she's in the middle of maybe an hour and a half to two hours, and she has four different types of medicines in her body. And nothing is going down. The, the pressure. Scary stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And she says, honey, my, my, I feel like my head's going uh, to explode. I'm, I'm so nervous. I, I don't even know this hospital. I mean, so many things that go to people's minds. It's scary and unexpected. And me as a husband, I try to be there for my wife. I thought I wasn't going to be able to do this. I try to be there for my wife. And even though I was scared too, she was scared, but she didn't need two people to be scared at the same time, right? I was there for her, and man, was I scared. And the only thing that came to my mind was sing, to sing. So we're all alone in that room. It's like 12.30 in the morning. And I start singing a song that came to my mind. It's titled, The Waymaker. The words to it, it says, You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. I mean, it just, and then I did it in Spanish. And yesterday, she comes and says, hey, honey, remember, I know you're going to be speaking about me in the sermon. I, gave, I, I asked her permission. She says, don't, don't share too much. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells me, you know when you were singing? Yeah. 
because that's the only time I felt peace. I heard, the, I heard the words you were singing, that you are here. I worship you. Moving in our midst. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, when life is scary, we don't know, we don't like it when we're going through things, to be able to say, oh, God, you're good adoring this very moment right now. You got to be able to take care of those who are hurting. And she's telling me, that I remember the words. That's the one that gave me peace. I was able to rest a little bit. That's scary stuff. When a person you love and you're scared for them, don't know what to do, and the only thing that comes out is just this thing for me. The not knowing scares us. Life can be scary. I'm sure you have your own stories of that you can share. But here in this, this scripture reference of Corinthians and, and, and the Apostle Paul, think about him and what he had to write to the church. Can you imagine getting 39 lashes, not just once, not, just, not twice, but five times, getting beaten with rods three times, getting stoned once, being shipwrecked? It had to be exhausting, treading water all night or hanging on a piece of wood from the damaged ship or boat. Being left for dead had to be scary. I can imagine sometimes we kind of, you know, what's, we, we go through the scary things and we don't even know the reason why. When I was reading this scripture, it reminded me of Psalm 23 verse 4 where it said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for who? You are with me. We may not know the reason why we're going through those situations. Again, we don't like it when we're going through it, but if we can pause for a moment and look back, I want to let you know that when that was happening, I wasn't saying in my mind, Lord, there's got to be a reason for this. No. Not even. It was not only one thing that God was saying, okay, I'm going to do this so you could use it as a sermon prop next time. No. I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's the, what God had in mind. But looking back, I say, how can I utilize this? I try not to get emotional, but we may not know the reason when we're going through it. Paul's ministry is ironically measured, best measured by the difficulties, adversities, of afflictions and setbacks that he has encountered and surmounted it in his representation of the gospel. Hardships endured in the service of the gospel are Paul's best evidence and confirmation of his faithfulness and dependability with regard to the gospel and the call to the service. Nothing deterred Paul. So he wasn't boasting in a sense that, look at me, this is what I endured. He was boasting out of his weakness, and look what God provided, because I continued to trust in the one. Never once did Paul say, okay, Lord, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. He never retreated. He always pushed forward in planting churches and making disciples of Jesus Christ. In and out of prison, 
He just kept moving forward, trusting in the Lord to provide. I don't know about you, but I may have quit the very, out of the 39 lashes, after they gave me one, I'd be like, okay, that's enough. Because it's pain. But Paul wasn't worried about what the pain that was being inflicted on him. He was taking it because he knew what he needed to do for the one to reach out to others. I would have given up, but Paul didn't retreat. Life can be scary at times, and for the church, the same way that Paul was able to endure many things, he continued to go forward. He's one of the best-known apostles. He continued on for the glory of God and and for the God to provide and to trust. And I got to tell you, one, when it comes to the church, there is a, there's a, 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 a topic that have gone through different emotional roller coaster ride. And that's the vacant YMCA that we're trying to, you know, uh, uh, acquire. There was, I can honestly be, uh, I can be honest with you and just to let you know that there were times that I was, I felt a little scared because, not because we couldn't be able to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I really believe in our theme that we can do more together, but, but for the sake of you don't, most of you don't even know me. I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying those are the kind of uh, thoughts that came to my mind. Can I really do this? Can the people really follow along and, and to the vision of what we wanted to do, be prepared for the growth in our community and really follow you? You haven't even been here uh, uh, two years, and here you are trying to expand. Well, they follow I had to, there had to come a moment in, my, in, in, in that journey, especially when in the fall, when we didn't get enough pledges to even, and we had to expire the due diligence and, and the offer by that time, be like, okay, God, I'm done. Not everybody was on board, you know, but we had a good group of people that were able to pledge, but not everybody's on board. They don't know here and there. They don't know this, but, you know, there's different factors, but God, I want to be able to trust you. I, I'm done with that. And then around February, this fire just came in me again. I said, okay, God, I'll do it, but you got to lead. And then for about two and a half weeks, we were able to go to life groups, and uh, most of them uh, individual, uh, one-on-one, and we had enough pledges to be able to make an offer. I'm still handing back, God, this is you. It could only be you. So there were times that I wanted to just say, I'm done, retreat. And maybe in your lifetime, you know, or, or even right now, you're dealing with something that you're so scared about, you, don't, you want to be able to retreat and say, I don't want to do this. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know what's going to uh, be, be here. I don't know how people are going to respond. I don't know if we're going to make a difference. And some of us want to be able to retreat, but uh, uh, Paul didn't retreat. And that's one of the encouragements I want to give you. Paul did not retreat because he knew who he was doing it for. It wasn't, it's not about us. But what's awesome is that God utilizes us to make a difference, doing it together. So I let go and I let God, and right now I just have this peace within me. If it's, if it's God's will, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to take place. He didn't retreat. We should not retreat. In fact, we can, instead of retreating, we can retreat our minds. In a way that we feel by, uh, led by letting God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Then we will learn to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect as based on Romans 12, verse 2. 
we can retreat our minds to trust in the provider. Paul never retreated. He was always pushing forward for the cause of Christ. When life is scary, we cannot rely on our own strength and power. We should strive to, the, to, to rely on the master planner to get us through those scary moments. Paul learned to be content. It gave him the confidence to write in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I now, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned a secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a small stomach or uh, a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's our last point today, that Christ is our strength. Do we as a church believe that through his strength and power, we can accomplish what he has called us to do as a church, as a family, in our communities? Can we really come together and know, God, you are our provider? We cannot do this alone, but we can do this together. I often think that we go through these scary and difficult times in a way, we're forced to trust in God. He, he, he's got this. It is his doing, so we, we plan to trust in him. If it is his plan, he will see it through. When life is scary, God is good. You may be going through a scary time right now, but I pray that you put it into God's hands that God can give you the peace that passes all understanding. Because when life is scary, God is good. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for your love, your grace, your peace, just your presence. Sometimes we're so focused on the material things that we don't have that we forget to even just recognize that you are with us. Be with us, Lord, in the scary moments and difficult moments of things that we don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know, Lord, we're scared because we don't know of one decision today how it will impact us tomorrow. So, God, we pray this prayer that was shared with me this morning. It says, God... You have called your children to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.